To start off season one of Crime Soup, Hannah and I are going to do some brief introductions, explain how we came to develop this podcast, and then we're going to ask each other some deep, probing questions. How does that sound? That sounds fun. Um, I'm excited to hear what questions you have prepared for me. Hi, I'm Kaylee. I'm a 28-year-old bisexual woman, and I've been married to a man for nine years. I have two special needs Siberian Huskies. One of them's kind of a mutt, but she's still Husky. And I like to party. JK, I do not like to party. I actually really like hiking, being outdoors, and I love uh, eating snacks and watching TV as well. And I'm Hannah. Um, I'm 29 years old. I live in Utah, and um, I've been married for almost four years now. I've got two kids, and um, in addition to writing and producing for a Crime Soup podcast, I also really love thrift shopping. Oh, I absolutely love food. I'm an absolute foodie, and I love going out to restaurants, trying new food all the time. So that's a little bit about me. So Hannah and I met eight years ago when we were both hired at a brand new retirement community in Orem, Utah. Um, I was front desk and Hannah worked in the kitchen. And the first time we really interacted was the first day we were working. And it was an early morning, like 530 in the morning. And Hannah came out to the front desk and asked me if I wanted an omelet. Instant yes. Absolutely yes. Um, I want an omelet. And then she asked me if I wanted everything on the omelet, like an everything omelet. Again, absolutely yes. 100%. So um, she brought out the omelet and we bonded over food and it's been history since. So That's exactly what happened. And so after that job and after working in the kitchen, Kaylee and I started hanging out outside of work and we just constantly could rely on each other to always want to be eating food and enjoying food together. And honestly, that's a pretty rock solid relationship right there. (laughs) And then as we got talking and got to know each other better, we also realized how much both of us love true crime. And so that kind of led to our podcast. So my idea to develop a true crime podcast kind of started more recently, just um, in the last six months or so, and talking about true crime. Um, But actually, my idea to develop a podcast in particular came about due to one specific cold case from here in Utah. Um, I was studying and researching and reading everything I could. I was completely obsessed with this cold case out of Salt Lake City. Um, It was the murder of a 15-year-old girl named Debbie Grabber. And I was just, I just, I felt like the world needed to know her story. It, It seemed like there was so much information and it just seemed like it should be solved, even though it had gone unsolved for 30 years. I figured the more people that learn about her case and the more people that listen to it, the the higher the chances are that her case will eventually become solved. All right, now we're going to jump right into the deep probing questions, and I'm going to ask Hannah questions first. (laughs) First question, if you could eat one non-edible thing without getting sick or any negative consequences, what would it be? What kind of question is that? (laughs) Okay, hold on. So I can eat one non-edible thing and not get sick? Yeah. Like, for me, it's... One of them is aquarium pebbles. I have a few. Okay, that's just eating nerds, though. They made candy. Exactly, but aquarium pebbles, like the real deal, straight from the aquarium into my mouth. You Okay, non-edible thing. Okay, what do I have a weird attraction to is what you're saying? (laughs) Is that the question? Um, Not consciously, that's not what I asked. Okay, so growing up um, as kids, we would eat the dirt in our driveway. (laughs) And it tasted amazing. 
like I can still in my mind remember like <laughs> eating it. Okay, and I don't know why it tasted so amazing. It's probably like petrol chemicals or something. Oh my god. Um, but I love that stuff. And sometimes I still think about it because I cannot satiate that craving anywhere else. But things like dirt and chalk are actually things that I craved in my pregnancy. And I think just I have the desire to eat just like chalk and dirt. (laughs) That's amazing. What's the worst piece of advice that you've actually followed? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, I'm just gonna go, I'm sure it's not the worst, but the first thing that came to mind is a piece of advice that came from my dad. Oh no. He was on a kick, I think, for a while about like conserving water and conserving energy. Mm -hmm. And so he would recite the phrase, if it's yellow, let it mellow. (laughs) If it's brown, flush it down. And so for a while, I just wasn't flushing the toilet because I'm like, yeah, that makes (laughs) sense. I wanna conserve water, right? No, if you leave it in there and it's like summertime, it gets hot in your bathroom, there's not good ventilation, it starts to stink in there. (laughs) Okay. And like he, my dad gave similar advice to my sister Tamsin one time where he was like, did you know that like conditioner is optional? Like you don't need to put conditioner in your hair. What? Right. And so my sister being young and impressionable was like, okay, if my dad said it, it's probably true. So she stopped using conditioner and she's like, she had like long red hair. And of course she just developed this rat's nest in her hair. And then she was like, wait, why did I take advice from a bald man? (laughs) He's been bald for like 40 years or something. No, not 40, like 30 years. Why that are we is... taking advice from him? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Conditioner is totally optional for him. <laughs> for him, yes. For him, yes. The fine print. Gotta read it. <laughs> okay, I've got a good one. Okay. Um, what is like one of the most memorable or worst dates you've ever been on? Oh my god, okay. So I always talk about, I don't know if I've told this to you actually, but the worst day I ever went on was with my now husband, James. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We had been dating for like not too long, five months maybe, and he asked me if I wanted to go snow, not snowshoeing, what is it? Snow skiing? What's the? Snowmobiling. Mm-hmm. snowmobiling with uh, a couple of his friends and I did not grow up in the snow near the snow around the snow snow was pretty new to me because I had just moved to Utah at the time so I said yes because I like the adventure we get to where we were going to be snowmobiling discovering we have too many people for the two snowmobiles that his friend brought so we had to pile three people on each snowmobile and then there was a sled that we were going to attach to the back of one snowmobile where two people were going to have to sit James volunteered us, um, and I had no idea what I was getting into. So I was like, oh, this is fine. Wait, he volunteered you to be on the sled? Both of us to be on the sled behind the snowmobile. Yeah. Um, And I was like, this is fine. Like, there's no way it's going to be that bad. (laughs) I have never been more wrong in my life. (laughs) The snowmobile takes off, and I don't know why he's driving like 60 miles an hour. Like, 
and he can't hear us if anything's wrong or we fall off or anything. So we are just being pelted in the face and in the chest with ice <laughs> chunks. <laughs> And it's freezing. It's it's nighttime, by the way, so why, we can't see anything. Why are you doing this at night? We were going to be snowmobiling up to some hot springs. Okay. Yeah, so we did that for about 15 minutes. Absolutely miserable. My hair is frozen. My face is frozen. I, I got hit in the face with so many ice chunks that I was bleeding on some parts of my face. Oh, my gosh. We get to a point where the snow is too deep to snowmobile, so we have to get out and hike the rest of the way. And the snow is up to like my hips, so it's really deep snow. And and I'm tall, I'm 5'9", so the snow is deep. And I had ankle surgery like a couple years prior, so my ankle it, is just not the same as it was. My ankle kept giving out, so I kept falling in the snow. We hiked for like three and a half hours or more, and we got lost, and we didn't find the hot springs. And then eventually we gave up and we hiked all the way back. And then we had to sit on the back of the sled again. So that was, it was really terrible. Oh my gosh, like <laughs> nothing went right. No, we got back at like three o'clock in the morning because we left at like nine o'clock at night. I can see why that would be the worst day ever. But it worked out. I guess you got married. And yeah, you, I really did you ever him, go so. snowmobiling again? I have never been snowmobiling since. <laughs> <laughs> what is your worst fashion regret? My worst fashion regret. Oh gosh. Um, pretty much my entire wardrobe in the third grade. <laughs> <laughs> Not the third grade. So like, Here's the thing. So growing up, we were pretty hard pressed for cash. Most, if not all of my clothing was secondhand. We got from thrift stores or it was hand-me-downs. I kind of started to resent getting hand-me-downs from my older siblings. because I'm the youngest of eight, right? So mm -hmm. there's a lot of hand-me-downs. But I think, you know, as a, as a kid, you want to kind of express your own style. You want to have your own things that are yours, that are new. Um, but since we couldn't afford like brand new, I would go thrift shopping and I would pick out things that were new to me. And my family just mocked me to no end for the things that I would pick out. And at the time, I thought they were so cool, right? And this is early 2000s, right? This is like <laughs> 2001. So if you can think of what a an eight-year-old girl with $10 at a thrift store would buy in 2001, it was not good. <laughs> And I have pictures, like now looking back, I'm like, my family was so right. Because um, <laughs> they were hideous pieces, you know? But for me, I was just like, this is mine. It's new. I love it, you know? Like kind of like weird turtleneck things were in fashion, a lot of polyester. And I distinctly remember a t-shirt. It kind of looked like a baseball t-shirt where like the, it was three quarter sleeves. The sleeves mm -hmm. um, were different color than like the chest. And across the chest, to this day, I still do not buy buy clothing with like phrases or anything on it, <laughs> you know? But for some reason, as an eight year old, I thought it was so funny. I bought this shirt that says, I'm so great, I'm jealous of myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's so 2000s. Like, I'm sure you remember, Kaylee, like, so many of those dumb little shirts with weird little sayings like that. Like, Do you remember them evil bunny shirts? Yes. Yes. The bunnies. The bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the bunnies. And then, um, yeah, this, this was like the time of, um, what's her name? Lisa Frank. Yeah. Where, like, everything was Lisa Frank. Everything was, like, rainbow holographic leopard print. <laughs> 
but I, maximalism yeah just all of just i regret most of the early 2000s like the like the hip hugger low-rise jeans stop the fur-lined um hooded abercrombie <sighs> bomber no. jackets do you know what i'm talking about oh I wanted one so bad. I wanted, I wanted one so bad. So bad. They were so All the cool kids had them. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Um, well, you and I are only a year apart, so most of what we remember from elementary school and middle school fashion, you probably oh, I the remember. Same. Yeah. yeah. Um, but pretty much that entire era, all of the early 2000s fashion is my fashion regret. <laughs> Fair <laughs> and enough. It's, and it's coming back into style right now. It is. And I hate it. <laughs> and like I want to bury that in the past, and now I know. Now I understand how people like older than us, like the boomers and the Gen X, feel whenever they're like, "No, don't bring back the '80s." <laughs> you gotta let the kids do the thing, do their thing, though. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Well, they gotta learn for themselves. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's what I think of. I'm so great. Nice. I'm jealous of myself. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm tempted to just find that shirt and wear it, like <laughs> ironically now gotta make you a new one (laughs) okay hold on i gotta think of one more question for you okay so i have to ask you this so i think i've actually asked you this before and you've told me a really funny story but i'm gonna ask again and see if it changes okay okay so what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you so many first of all like every i feel like every time i go out in public or have an interaction i do something embarrassing um (laughs) But the first one that's like fired into my brain, I was in sixth grade and I was at my friend's house and I liked her older brother. Her older brother is like way older than us. I think he was like in high school. I was in sixth grade. I don't know why I liked him. Point was, it it was never happening anyway. And we were being goofy and doing somersaults down the hallway (laughs) of her house. This is the story that you told me. Yeah. We were doing somersaults down this little hallway in her house and <laughs> and one of the doors was open and I did a somersault and my butt like my butt crack got stuck on one of the door frames <laughs> in a really weird position so I was like we were like laughing really hard and I was stuck in this weird position and her brother walked in and I wanted to disappear melt evaporate whatever you call it I wanted to not be there and I was literally stuck like my butt crack <laughs> on the frame of the door <laughs> absolutely not but yeah we laughed about that but i i wanted to disappear <laughs> yeah so that's that's one of them from my early years that traumatized me yes <laughs> things didn't pan out with the older brother did they absolutely not and thank god <laughs> oh man i love that story <laughs> just because of the mental image of someone's butt <laughs> getting stuck <laughs> I was wearing regular pants. I <laughs> How did this happen? Freak accident. <laughs> oh man. I think it would have been even funnier. I don't know what you actually did, but to just like look at him in the eyes and then just pretend like it's not even happening. <laughs> like, like just make small talk. Like, oh hey. I mean, we did say hi. We were like, "Hi." <laughs> immediately laugh again we're like sobbing crying okay okay last question what is the worst noise you've ever heard okay so i don't know if it counts as like the worst noise but the scariest 
thing, one of the scariest noises I've ever heard. So Nathaniel, my husband and I, we were living in rural Montana. There's like no neighbors. It's like the closest neighbor, you know, was like a five minute walk you know, down the gravel lane kind of thing. Like, so there's no one around. Um, So it's actually really peaceful and really quiet for the most part, except for like the occasional like sheep buying or cow mooing, you know. So it's really peaceful out there and you kind of get used to that quiet. And there was one day I was sitting in my bed and the only people in the house was me and Nathaniel. And he was on the other end of the house in the living room. And I was in the bedroom and I was just sitting there and I swear to God, I heard what sounded like Taz from the Looney Tunes, like the Tasmanian devil where he goes, okay, was that accurate? Um, So accurate. That sound, okay, that exact sound, clear as day, right outside my bedroom door. And I thought that there maybe was like a wild animal in the house, like cross my heart. Like, I swear. I thought that there was like a wild dog in the house and it was, I could hear it right outside my door. So I jumped off my bed and I swung the door open and there's nothing there. And I was so confused. And Nathaniel was just sitting on the couch, minding his own business, not doing anything on the other side of the house. And I was just like, is there an animal in the house? And he looked so confused. He had no idea what I was talking about. And I was like, that noise, what was that noise? And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I just, I just heard this noise. And I like described it to him. And he was like, I, I'm sorry, but there's, it's, it's just me. I'm just sitting here. Like there was nothing. And to this day, that was years ago. That was like four years ago. And he still maintained, he has no idea what I was talking about. And I, like the only conclusion I can come to is that our house was maybe sitting directly on a portal to hell and that there was some sort of demon like like I I still like it boggles my mind because I know I heard it and it was the only logical explanation it was clear as day and it was right it sounded like it was right outside my door that's terrifying and you don't believe in ghosts no no, I, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in demons. The only like logical thing I can like kind of piece together, which doesn't make sense because it you can tell where a sound comes from and it was right outside my yeah. door. The only thing I can think of is maybe like there was something in the crawl space, like below the house. You know how sometimes when you're standing in weird spots and the sound echoes yeah. really weird? Maybe it's something like that. Maybe there was an animal like outside of your house somewhere and it just echoed right at the right spot. I don't know, but like it just, to this day, I. <laughs> That's so <laughs> freaky. <laughs> Crime Soup listeners, my Minestrone homies, be sure to check us out on TikTok at Crime Soup Podcast and on Instagram at Crime underscore Soup. Every Tuesday, tune in for a new episode of Crime Soup with host Kaylee Carter and writer-producer Hannah Kanapis as we discuss all things true crime. From cold cases to cult leaders, we've got you covered. So sit back, relax, and join us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Mark your calendars because season one starts Tuesday, October 4th.